Missouri against the Nissan. Makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back to Nike. Nike passes the shot. They score! Oscar Lindblom buries it. And the power play goal ties this game in two. This is episode 61 of the Liberty O. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo, finally. As always. Back at it again and hopefully back at it regularly for good. I mean, all we've been, all we could do is just sit here and watch the playoffs, watch other teams in the playoffs since the Flyers don't want to make the playoffs this year. Now, are you watching these games bitterly or are you watching these games just enjoying what you're seeing, enjoying the crowds back in the stadiums? That's exactly where I was just going to get to. I'm not watching it bitterly, but seeing the crowds back into it is is a really fun. Vegas is really exciting. I um, mean, the Islanders, as much as we've talked shit on that fan base and that franchise as a whole, <laughs> they're electric. I mean, it's it, it's really fun getting that kind of hockey back. I, I wish it was in the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, we absolutely robbed from the fuck the Flyers. Absolutely robbed. Didn't, didn't get to see that man. Like we talked about it for for how long on the pod that we wanted to see. Just a sea of orange, man, screaming on top of our heads. I mean, we got the bubble, but like obviously the bubble was not being in the Wells Fargo Center with full capacity. It definitely feel robbed. Fuck the Flyers for right now, bro. It's super, it's super frustrating, but I'm, no, I'm not watching the playoffs like that. It's nice to see hockey back like that in that form. Definitely, definitely could see, see, like tell the players, definitely feed off of it. To touch on the Islanders, I think it... Over the last year since we versed them in the playoffs, for me, it's gone from a position of pure hatred for the team. To, you, know, you know what I think is happening? Kind of like what happened with the Penguins when the Penguins just took off and started winning those cups in 16 and 17. Like, the rivalry died, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were just better. With the, with the season the Flyers had, what the Islanders are doing, I mean, they're getting spanked right now as we're recording this, but... See, the thing about the Islanders, like, this year against them, we, I don't, we didn't fare that... Like we weren't that bad against them. We won a couple of games. I think in overtime we were a shootout, but the playoffs were like when the games actually matter and when the the checking gets tighter and and shit hits the fan. We got destroyed, humiliated. Honestly, barely got past the pen. Uh, the Penguins barely got past the Montreal Canadiens, and and then got beat pretty bad by them. It was. Yeah, like you said, I respect the island. You got, you, got you have to now. I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, they're getting spanked by Tampa right now. But yeah, but they got, are no longer like poverty. You no, know because, what I mean? Like, That's us now. They're back to back in the playoffs, making runs. I mean, yeah, they're no longer one of those teams where you can look at them and be like, oh, they're just lucky, blah blah blah. They just play this defensive type of game. Yeah, they might play a defensive type of game. That's kind of annoying, but. It wins hockey games, and I mean, like I said, back-to-back years deep in a playoff run. Barry Trump ECF has been the same two years in a row same, now. Yep, same ECF two years in a row, and I mean, they've been really good games. I don't know if you sat down and watched any of them, but they've been really fun. Yeah, I've definitely watched all of those games. The only the only games I've missed out of the conference finals so far was one of the uh, Montreal games. That was last night, actually. Yeah, the Montreal game. I mean, yeah, even that series, too. Even when they go back to Montreal and they only have, what, 3,500 there, it's still pretty loud. I mean, Montreal Canadiens fan make that sound like 12,000. It's not very hard to do. I mean, they're another team where you look at them. Last year, well, they were the 24th ranked team, if you really look at it that way, versus us, the number one team, and we barely squeaked by them, and now they're back in the playoffs. They have some solid additions, and Josh Anderson, Perry, 
Toffoli is the best one. Caulfield, Toffoli, any solid addition. Just a difference between the Philadelphia Flyers and and them. Like the, they went out, they made moves. I mean, Muzzin. Didn't they get Muzzin too? No, I mean not Muzzin. I'm sorry. Uh, who's Sherratt? I think they've had Sherratt though, right? Yeah, they've had Sherratt. Sherratt, it's not like he's solid. Just stay at home defenseman. And they got a solid team, man. It's Montreal. Like, I, see, I see a lot of people on the timeline, like, oh, Montreal's blah, blah, blah. Like, they're just a one-hit wonder kind of team. And I'm looking at them, but, like, I, they're good all around, man. Like, they're just a really solid team. So Jeff Petrie is an absolute beast. We got we still got Weber there. They got a couple of young guys. Obviously, they got Caulfield. It's just a mixture of youth and solid additions, veteran players. They got a good team there for sure. And when Carey Price gets hot. Yep. Just like when Carter Hart got, like, we had no business taking round two to game seven. Carter Hart brought us all the way there. We had no business winning round one against Montreal, dude, if we're being honest with with each other. I mean, like, we can take the fact that we're huge fans of the Flyers out of the way, and we squeak by them. If it wasn't for Carter Hart, if Carter Hart was the Carter Hart this year, I don't even think that series goes to five, dude. Maybe, maybe goes to five. You know, if Carter Hart doesn't stand on his head, for most of that series, it it doesn't go. We don't win at all. He stayed, he stood on his head. And especially in the Islanders series, like when we went down three one, with the way he's been playing this year, we get put away in five. Like oh, he yeah. those overtimes, he made some saves in those overtimes. After the Islanders would come back on us too, from like two or three goal deficits, he would somehow get mental fortitude all back together enough to just. Stonewall them in OT and allow Pro Rob and Myers and them to get them game winners. I remember just watching at one point. I remember just watching the Flyers and be like, I genuinely feel bad for Hart and Elliot, both of them, not just Hart, not just Elliot, both of them. I mean, like left on islands, bro. Left on complete island. After a while, when you get left on an island like that, it, shit breaks down. Like your your game breaks down, your structure breaks down, and I feel like that's what we saw, along with just not having a defense. And, and then, like like I said, after that structure breaks down, you start to see the forwards break down. The forwards weren't backjacking. It's a, it's, a, it's a snowball effect, bro. It really is, honestly. Yeah, the goalie's confidence is just shot yeah. by so, the end of, the, by the end of like, 15 games into the season. Yeah, I mean, we saw them. We saw Hart and Elliott, I mean, carry us for the first two weeks of the season. How many times did we get out completely outshot by almost double? some of those first two weeks in those games. And we squeaked by. We had a, a pretty good record to, to start, honestly. I mean, that was thanks to Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, both of them. But after a while, as those same defensive issues keep happening, those same breakdowns keep happening, I mean, you can only bail them out for a certain amount of time. Carter Hart can only stand on his head for a certain amount of time. Same thing for Brian Elliott. But, like, I don't think those two were bad this year. I mean, they were bad after a while, obviously, until, like, the breakdown. I mean, when the breakdown started, but it sucks, man. I'm probably not going to see Brian Elliott back this year either. Probably going to go somewhere else, try to find like a like Bernier or something. Dude's. I saw a lot of people talking about uh, Corpusalo over there in Columbus. That'd be a fun one. That he's a that'd be a fun one because he's yeah and he's and good. He'd push and he would push for a spot too. So yeah, he is good. I saw him in the playoffs last year. I remember texting and texting you about him like, yeah, Corpusalo standing on his head right now. There's another uh, Columbus Blue Jacket that I kind of want to make a run at too. We'll get into that later, but yeah, it's Corpusalo is a 
is a name that I would definitely be willing to acquire about. But like we do know that the Flyers definitely want to go get a goalie that's not going to completely take over the number one spot because it is Carter Hart, but it's going to push a little bit, push Carter Hart a little bit, and it can and can start. God forbid Carter Hart goes through those stretches that he did go through this year. So. We'll see. I'm excited for that. A new goalie that's not Brian. I mean, like, Brian Elliott's been here for a while, so getting somebody else behind Hart besides Brian Elliott. That's not saying Elliott was bad this year. Going to miss him, but I definitely do think it's time to move on and try to get somebody that can push Hart a little bit more. Exactly. And we're in the opportunity where if you can get a good, cost-effective veteran backup goalie, like, we're not spending a lot on our goalie position. And it has potential. Like, the ceiling for our goaltender position is so high for the amount of money that we're spending on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we we would have suppose we sign a guy to 2 million just like the, just like how we had Elliot on a 2 million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. We would have what? 2 2.8 wrapped up in our goaltending position, our goaltending position that can be really great at times. Yeah. And that that's where like the frustration comes from because we what we all really thought the window to win is now, and it still is, it still especially is. with Couturier's contract, like we, and Farabee still being on the ELC. Like it, it's a retooling that needs to be done. Got to make some moves, just like Seth Jones. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll get into that later. But I mean, the Flyers have thirteen point eight million in cap space right now. So I mean, that's that's without signing anybody. That's without signing any of the restricted free agents that they have, any of the unrestricted free agents they have. You've still got Sanheim, you got Morin, you got Carson Terinsky, Nolan Patrick, obviously, he's the big one. Uh, Carter Hart is obviously the biggest restricted free agent we have. Brian Elliott's an unrestricted free agent. So they do have a couple guys to sign, and they do got a little bit of money to mess with, but moves will definitely have to be made, man, for sure. If, if Seattle does not take JVR off our hands... What do we do? He's got to look to move at least one of Voracek or JVR, in my opinion. But he, if that means that you have to attach that first-round pick to one of JVR or Voracek, I, I think you'd have a better chance of attaching that first-round pick to JVR because, first of all, he's had a better he had a better season this year. Uh, he really stepped up. He played well this year. I, I, I had no problems with JVR's play, but that contract's just a – you hate looking at that contract. And number two, he doesn't make as much as Jake Voracek, and the length isn't as big. Jake Voracek's contract ends in 2024, I believe. JVR's does not end then. So GMs I... like JVR. Like, hockey guys like JVR. Yeah. He's a well-respected guy around the league. He's, like, our representative for the NHLPA, I think, this year. He was, yeah, for us uh, during when they were, like, talking about bringing the league back during, like, when COVID shut down. He was the... The Flyers representative when they were talking about bringing the bubble in and everything like that. Yeah, there's absolutely a market for that guy. But wouldn't it be nice if Seattle just just took him? It was like, we need a net front power play guy. Just took him right off our hands clean. That'd be sick. I think that would help Chuck out tremendously. Not think, that would help Chuck out tremendously if they just outright took him. But the thing with that is, like, you can't really bank on them doing that. You know what I mean? They could turn around and be like, yeah, we're just going to take NAK who makes – a mill <laughs> and just walk away with them. You know what I mean? I think I'm more interested in the expansion draft than the actual draft. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did my homework on the, on the NHL draft, but like in reality, I, I really want them to, to, to move that pick, whether that's getting a player in here, like an active NHL player or moving that pick 
to get a player out of here to get a contract moved I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that I'm on board for any kind of move because moves need to happen moves will happen I don't well, what let's say well apparently Seth Jones is going to be moved before the draft and there's going to be well, multiple think about draft it. picks involved Columbus just lost Savard too so they just got told that Seth Jones their, their best remaining defenseman isn't going to resign with them before his contract is up so obviously if you're Columbus you're looking at that like we have to trade him before next year and then he's just going to walk away for nothing. We're going to get absolutely nothing for him. So, before the draft, I heard, is might happen with him. But, I mean, we'll see. At the draft, the, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Where do you think he ends up going in, in, in all reality? Dude, I, dude, Chuck's making a push for him. I bet, I bet Chuck's going to make a serious, serious you push think so? for him. I really do. It makes too much sense to me. It honestly does. He's played. He's played in our division for long enough. Like it's. He's used to playing on an East Coast market. You know what I mean? It's not like he's going from LA to Philly. Like it's Columbus. Let me read you a little, uh, little tidbit from uh, Pierre LeBron's. He he wrote a story on May fourteenth. He sat down with Chuck Fletcher one on one after the season, and basically asked Chuck what went wrong with the season. And Chuck basically was like defensive breakdowns. He basically just blamed the defense. He blamed himself for not filling the, the, the Niskanen hole. I'm pretty sure you read it, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it. But I don't think we talked about the little tidbit that uh, LeBron like left in. Oh, LeBron. I just called him LeBron. I'm crying. Um, <laughs> he left in at the, the very bottom before we started talking about a couple other things. But he did say, and this is way before we knew that Seth Jones wasn't going to resign with them. He said, and for certain – if for whatever reason the Blue Jackets aren't able to extend Seth Jones, you can bet the Flyers will be all over that situation. So take that for w- what you will. That was May 14th. That was before the Seth Jones nose came out. That was before the rumors of him not not signing an extension with anybody but Colorado. I, I don't know if that's even a real rumor, but I did see that on Twitter a couple times. But take, th- take that for what you will. You know what the tell is for me? What? When Elliot Freeman openly said that the interest on Hamilton for the Flyers might be a little downward, but they're a guy like Jones. Like when I hear him saying something like that, cause he, Chuck has clearly said he needs to get a defenseman. Yeah. He's already said that in press conferences. Like that is on record. So he's obviously gonna be looking for the top of the market guys. And if he doesn't, if it isn't too keen on going after Hamilton, I mean, I'm just doing process of elimination. He, that means he's going for Jones. I mean, with the whole thing with the Hamilton situation, Carolina gives him permission to go and talk to teams. And the minute I saw that, I I felt like Carolina doing that is basically them hoping that he goes out there and he sees the offers that are given to him, and he's like, none of these offers are good enough for me to leave this good situation here. So let me just exactly because Carolina, Carolina is notoriously cheap. Yes, I mean, like they're not a big market like a Philadelphia would be or a new york or a boston so it's i mean i can't say understandable i like seeing star players get paid but yeah uh, we'll see with that situation i mean i i'm i'm in on both of them dude like i see people arguing about dougie or seth that we can add any of those guys i'm ordering a fucking jersey 10 minutes after i get the notification that we yeah. signed the trade oh my god I mean, and if you on. like add on a guy like martinez after that jesus christ see, i'm buying season ticket packages I, I'm, I swear to god see like see i, I wanted to talk to you about that situation because right now the the, the d pairings 
ended with Provorov, Sandheim, York, Braun, Ghost, Myers with Morin as the, the extra. If we obviously need a number one defenseman. That's that's the number one need going to this offseason. I think that I mean if Chuck makes one move and that's it, it's gonna be a defenseman. Like I don't see him doing anything other than going like if, if that's the only move he makes, it, it's gonna be a demon. So you're gonna have that pro that spot next to Pro Rob filled. Whether it's a it's a player that we like, whether it's a player that we wanted there, it, it's gonna be filled. Somebody is going to be playing next to Ivan Provorov when the season starts next year. If not, Chuck Fletcher will be hearing it from all of Philadelphia. And then you look at the second pair, York Braun. I, I I'd rather want York on uh the third pairing with uh with Braun, so just flip flop that. Ghost I mean, is a huge question mark whether he's even back next year, and then you have Myers. So adding another guy other than like the number one defenseman that hopefully they go and get or like a solid number two for Provorov to play with him to just eat minutes with Provy. They definitely need another one, I think. So I agree with you. Alec Martinez, along with like a Seth Jones, would be like pitch perfect. Like we're back. I'm putting bets in for us to win the East. Like I'm serious. See, like I don't want to like put that in my head though, because like when that doesn't happen, I don't want to. I don't want me to be like, oh fuck the Flyers, because I put that thought in my head. You know what I mean? Here's my thing though. How many times? There's been so many off seasons now. It's been since like 2013. 12 2013 every offseason we're going in and we never come out with the big fish ever so if if it there's no way no way <laughs> yeah. the flyers can skirt by another one without doing anything i mean they're irrelevant there's no way they can do it they got a perfect situation to go and add a really good defenseman in seth jones and i really don't care about any argument that anybody brings to me seth jones, if we add seth jones like i just said pfft, 20 seconds ago. I will be and the thing on re-signing, I don't give a fuck. Like, dude, Wait, hold on. get him, then we'll worry about it later. Get him, <laughs> let's win. Get him now on his current deal for, for the last year. It's not that bad. If, if It's actually really not that bad. It's, what is it, like 5 mil or something? I don't know the exact specifics on it, but he's not he's not making too much for this last year. Nothing too crazy. Bring him on board. Let's go have a good year. Let's win. And winning's contagious. He'll stay if we win. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's losers. Like, I don't know. I'm not worried about the extension a year from now. Let's get him now, and then let's sell him on the idea of staying here. Like, that's the opportunity we have when he's on a one-year deal left. I agree. I, right now he makes 5-4. So that's the contract that he's been I'll, on. Let's ru- I'll take that. Let's run that for next year. And Put he, him next to Provy. Even with the whole like, he won't sign an extension if he gets traded anywhere, th- think about it this way. If – he won't sign an extension heading into the season next year. He'll be motivated as fuck on whatever team he's on. Because that's a contract a year, dude. He needs to go out there and prove himself to go out there and earn the money that he wants in free agency if he decides to not sign with the team that he gets traded to. So either way, you're getting a good player who is going to be motivated. So I'm all in on Seth Jones. That That's my take. I know we have questions from from some of our Yeah, I'll, just, our I'll, just, I'll pull them now. So we could just fully just we're already in the Seth Jones. Like, thing. You can pull just up fully... all the fucking like advanced stats you want on this year. Like this year for Colum- like everybody on Columbus fucking sucked this year. That entire team was just bad. The coach was benching guys all year. 
Line, Dubois. Dubois forced his way out. That was midseason. Nick Felino leaves the team. That's their captain. That's been their captain for so long. And he he left at the deadline. Like Savard. that team was in shambles. Yes, yeah, Savar leaves, goes to the lightning. Like that team was literally a tire fire this year. And then he's playing that, like he's top suffering from 2019 Provrov syndrome. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Him and Provrov are going through the same thing. Let them reunite with each other. Let them be logging minutes with each other for the next until I'm fucking thirty, dude. Seriously, until for the next nine years, let's let's let Provorov and just let them play. I mean, that's if he signs an extension. But that's my take with Seth Jones. I I'm all in on Seth Jones. And like, the fact that he won't sign an extension makes the trade value go down even more. Because why would why would a team throw Columbus? all what they want knowing that there's a possibility that he will not sign with them so just there the the trade value for seth jones goes down just a little bit may it may not drop dramatically because he still is seth jones he still is a 26 year old right-handed defenseman who can skate like the wind who likes to hit like and logs big minutes like he's still a good player he's going to get some value but that story was put that that is that story was pushed out either by some Colum- like people in the Columbus front office what? leaking what some stuff to some age about him, like about him only wanting to resign if it's in Colorado. What's that about, dude? No, that is bullshit. That is exactly. <laughs> he, I think that's Columbus, uh, a guy working in the Columbus front office pushing something to some agent who then leaks or pushing something to some reporter who then leaks that so that his trade value goes down so that he can go back to the nego- negotiation table and be like, see, there isn't as big of a market for you as you think. Sign this deal. That's what I think that's trying to like. That seems like bullshit to me, dude. Like, who who goes? I only want to play for the best, nobody str- like, top to bottom roster team in the league, and that's it. <laughs> we yeah, all fuck do. out of here, dude. What you is mean he, to Kevin tell me? Durant? That's what I'm saying. Like, this ain't the NBA. And like, what, what do you um? You mean to tell me if he went to a team like Boston, he wouldn't want to stay? Yeah. Dude, get yeah. out of here. Tell me, he went to Pittsburgh. He wouldn't want to stay there with Crosby and Matal. I mean, with. Crosby and yeah, Malkin. like get out of here, dude. Like even Philly. Like I feel like his play style would. We would fucking love him here. Like we would embrace the fuck out of Seth Jones and his play style. He's a big right-handed defenseman with a booming shot who loves the physical play. I mean, Philly would fall in love with him. I really do think they would. No, I totally agree. I, I've I've been saying I think he fits like a glove here. I think that is yeah. a slam dunk pick. Pick, and I now, think if Chuck goes for him, if he's guy number one. I think it's it's going to be a good offseason. Now, is he a number one slam dunk defenseman? Like, like a drop him in with Pro Rob and everything's going to be okay? Like, there's a possibility that it might not be. Like, I, I don't think he's a number one guy, but I think he's a guy that you could put next to Pro Rob and they would be absolutely fine with the, each other. They would, I th- yeah, I think it would be um, like 1B, 1B kind of that's thing. That's exactly right 1A, 1B. Yeah. Exactly. And in, in this stage of their careers, and that's not saying that both, because they're both around the same age. Like, they're both in the same kind of like development of their. Of their careers, and they both had like kind of the same season last year. Being, I mean, he was with Wierenski. He Like, it wasn't like uh, Seth uh, Jones was with like Provorov. He was with like a different, a bunch of different pairings in the year. He was with Wierenski, but he didn't play awful. But like you said, that team was in complete turmoil the entire year. But I mean, it's a, excuse, excuse, he. Hold on, I was saying that he. It's not saying he didn't have an, a down year. He did, but that's saying. Everything that happened in Columbus probably attributed to that, along with he probably did have a bad year and a really weird, weird year. He probably did have a down year on a on a team that as a whole had a bad year. This is all I gotta say about Seth Jones and like the the statistics, the whatever, the the plus minus, whatever people want to say. Yeah, about what him. was he? Hold on. Did you did did those people watch 
Go watch his 2019 playoffs and his 2020 playoffs. Yeah, I was just going to say that too, honestly. It's exactly 2019 against Tampa Bay. Dude's an absolute animal. And then I. Danny, he lost. Toronto, he had 65 minutes last year in a playoff game. And then, dude, they dismantled Toronto. I thought that was against Tampa. Yeah, that 65 minute game last year. It was it was against either one. I thought it was against Toronto in the bubble, but well, either way, yeah, a sixty-five minute game in that bubble. He was a minus eighteen. It was the worst since his rookie year, but I mean, plus minus. Or was it? Yeah, it, may, it might have been against Tampa because they did get was. them again, right? Yeah, I the think very it was next round mm-hmm. was it Tampa in the bubble? Was that when he yeah. logged the sixty-five? Yeah, got you. Last year. Yeah, how cra- how crazy would that have been if that OCD, if, if remember that crazy overtime game? That if scored? that's not in the bubble, is that series any different? Dude, you can say that about so many games. Uh, if that, like you're saying, if that game's like in Columbus with that crowd, I mean, like Columbus did sweep them. After the yeah, after that real estate, that storyline going in. Uh, I it. mean, like the spicy answer to that question would be maybe, but in reality, no. Uh, at least Tampa was just out, out, outmatched them, outclassed them. Just I got to How did the Flyers series go? Like Flyers Montreal and Flyers Islanders, do we even make it to the second round if we play games in Montreal? You see, like again, like I don't know. Like, uh, I just want to know what you think. I mean, I, Montreal is probably one of the toughest places to play. So that team in Montreal, maybe not. Maybe you're onto something. The maybe. way they were buzzing on us. I like, know, yeah. but th- then again, you could always say like, them coming to Philly and dealing with us, like that crowd. Even though like the crowd in Philadelphia is not the same as it used to be. But yeah, but yeah, like I, I still think we get through the Canadians, but the Islanders. Uh, I wonder how that one goes. I really do because having the first two games in the Wells Fargo Center, I wonder how it would go. Definitely, I mean it's 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 a question that will never be fully answered. It's a question that me and you ask ask each other all the time. I'm, I'm still bitter. I know. I'm still bitter. Yeah, I know. I know. But like, just gotta get past it. Move on. A lot of exciting things to look forward to. A draft that we don't even want the pick to happen with, expansion draft that is it's gonna affect our off season a ton. Like the expansion drafts, I mean, we talked about it years ago, a year and a half ago when we first started the pod. I remember you saying it a lot, Danny. You said you said this a lot. Chuck might be waiting for the expansion draft to make his big move. I mean, you've been saying that for a while. I didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to hear a oh, wait, wait, wait for the big move. I'm like, man, make it now, make it now. But now the expansion draft is upon us and. I'm I'm clinging on to the hope that that big move is coming now that the expansion draft is here. Now that he can make his move, maybe right now he already knows what's happening. He already knows what he's going to do, who he's going to package a first with, if he's even going to do that. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt. I'm going to give Chuck Fletcher one more offseason. I've said it before. He has yet to put his imprint on this team. He has yet to put his thumb down and say, this is my hockey team now. These are my players. The only guys that you could say that he did that with were Hayes. I mean, Niskanen, he's retired now. Hayes, what, who, what York, he'll be hopefully on the team next year. But he's need, he needs to go make a move on this roster and really turn this roster from yeah. half, I mean, mostly all Ron Hextall's. I mean, that was basically still Ron Hextall's team mixed with like one or two guys that uh, Chuck brought in. I mean, Tyler Pitlick, but he's no longer here. It's time for him to make his uh, his imprint. I'm, I'm going to give him this offseason. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, I, it's, let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. 
Yeah, I absolutely got to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Just because he's going into his full 82, his first full 82 game season, like this is going to be a completely, hopefully, fingers crossed, a completely normal season. Like there's no excuses now. Like you, you can't swing and miss in the offseason. And the expansion draft is here now, so you can't play that card. Everyone's dealing with the flat cap. So it's like if he doesn't do anything and he goes in next year with the same guys or maybe just a couple like depth additions and then the team misses the playoffs or has a, a first round exit they lose in five games or something like that honestly he's on the hot seat seriously like no, he absolutely. his job's in question how can he sell that to comcast like dude you, comcast, go under dude. go under one of the flyers tweets right now and see how much hate they're getting like they see that they know like everyone's on edge i mean in if, the flyers organization for as right much now. as for as much as that front office is on social media with gritty and all that bullshit like they they better see all that shit that underneath every time the flyers tweet i'm done with gritty dude i really am <laughs> i'm done with gritty until the team in front of me is good like, how, how are you gonna push a mascot when the team is literal garbage in front of my in front of me you know like i don't care about a mascot like no, I, mean, I, I i don't care until like when they're good and he's funny obviously but like right now like get him out of my face i don't want to see him until moves are made you know what i mean like stop pushing him please but I I know it's the social media marketing people's jobs to push him. Like it's literally their jobs. But I don't. And they they see always it. do it like in times when they're getting like an extreme hate, or when the the team just starts like not playing it well. Like that's I I noticed that too. They really push. They need. They seem to push gritty more when they need distractions. But it, it doesn't work. I mean, everyone in Philly knows exactly what they're trying to do. We just we just respond under the tweet for Chuck to make some moves, and that's that. But um. I'm just going to pull up the, all the questions we got recording Seth Jones just so Let's we can finish it. up and touch up that topic. Uh, we got a couple, so I'm just going to say I'm all, throw them all out there. Um, Jamie Martinez, I'm in on Seth Jones, but one thing I'm concerned about is his locker room presence. He's apparently very right-wing Trumpy. Do you guys think that would be a big factor in the locker room chemistry? We've seen it with D'Angelo and New York Rangers. I'd also be fine with Alec Martinez because and that is his last name. <laughs> Um, I don't, he's not like brash with it, right? I was just going to say that like, he wasn't like, he's not annoying with it. Is he like, like Tony D'Angelo was on a podcast and on Twitter pushing like narratives and agenda, like all his beliefs out there. I don't see Seth Jones. I could be wrong about that. If I am wrong about that inform me, but I haven't seen him say anything like, or push anything overly political. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not going to talk about politics, but I, I, I really... I don't know about like I I haven't really heard anything anything serious about like locker room issues with him and I haven't heard anything about him being a right wing Trumpy but um I I don't know I think that, like Danny said the Tony D'Angelo situation is a little bit different because Tony D'Angelo was like out there with it pushing like you said pushing his narratives and just saying shit pissing people off basically is what he was doing and then like didn't he do like a a sub a burner account or something like that. Tion D'Angelo. He he just seemed like, and then he was a loudmouth in the in the locker room too. But no, I don't think it's the same situation. That was that was a head case, bro. Yeah, sounds like it for sure. But no, I I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the same situation. But Alec Martinez. I mean, Danny said it like ten minutes ago. One hundred percent. 
I would love to add him as like a, a middle pairing guy. Like imagine York and Martinez as a nice little pairing, a nice Ooh. veteran presence for York to have. I'm just thinking about York just giving him like D to D fees and hit, him just throwing that shot on net. Yeah, Martinez be... one timer is sneaky good, dude. That's another thing I want to talk about after we get through the uh, the questions, the the, the defense because after the the, the uh, number one defenseman or that person that he goes and gets for Provorov. If he wants to add another defenseman like we want him to, I want him to. He's got to make a move between Braun, Ghost, Myers, and Morin. And Sanheim. So. Okay, I've been wanting to get into Ghost. Actually, I've actually wanted to get into Ghost off the start. Okay. So now's the time to get into Let's Ghost, I think. I think now you have to move him. You have to move him now. I think in season there was clearly no market for him just because teams are so handicapped they've already built their teams under the flat cap there's no flexibility there now with the expansion draft and the offseason i feel like there's enough leeway you you can get a deal for ghost it doesn't have to be the best but you can get a deal for ghost seattle does help out and alleviate some pressure with like coming into the league and taking some guys off of teams' uh, hands. It's it's such a blessing, honestly, with the flat cap. Our luck, they'll take NAK and take like a million off our hands, and we'll be like, all right, thanks. Fuck you guys, And we're too. left with both JVR and yeah. Jake. And we're still here, yeah. But the whole thing with Ghost, uh, I absolutely think he needs to get traded, but the whole thing with him, people were saying, I want him in a third-pairing role quarterbacking the number one power play and like i absolutely agree that's something that we've been on this podcast before saying that like put him in that position that's where he needs to be that's where he will be that's where he will succeed the most and i would i hate if he's back next year at like on the third pairing with braun or or somebody like another veteran no I, i really wouldn't and he was quarterbacking power play one i wouldn't hate it but we have york and i really think york on a sheltered third pairing role with a nice veteran presence, I think he could, I think he could quarterback power play one and 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 play in that little sheltered third pairing role completely fine. I think he come into training camp next year. He'll earn a spot. I think he's even if he doesn't. I said it to you last night. Even if he doesn't earn a spot out of training camp, I think he's too good to play. I said it to you tonight before we hit play. I think he's just too good to be playing down in the AHL for even if he doesn't make it out of training camp. He's just a really good player. So I think him on that shelter third pairing role for $838,000 is a lot better than paying Ghost 4 or 5 to do the exact same thing. And you can argue that York is a better defenseman. <laughs> yeah, and on an ELC, like that's what it's all about. Flat cap, it's time to flip. Exactly. We're getting a little younger. We can shed good little four million by doing so, this so now you move ghost i don't know what how you move him but say you move ghost so that leaves a spot down there that that gets filled by york hopefully then york and braun if you don't move braun that's a pairing then you've got sandheim and then myers as the middle pairing that that's what you that would leave you again you don't want to go into next season as sandheim and myers as your middle pairing so that's where i'm like that's what i've been thinking for the last couple of months danny if Chuck wants to go a, a sheltered third pairing role with York and a nice little veteran, and then he wants to go and get Provera, a partner. Is he going to go back into the next season with Sandheim and Myers again in the middle? Or does Zamula get a shot? Like I think Sandheim or Myers gets moved. Yeah, no, I, I think right now, because we know Chuck is active on the phones. I think right now he's he's dangling both of those guys. I really do. And then do. you still got Morin. Does he re-sign Morin? Does he want to keep that physical presence 
in the lineup. I would personally keep Morin. I, I think he would be a perfectly fine number seven defenseman. He, he He's already came out and said that he wants to be here. He, he, he thinks the Flyers need that kind of presence, which he's absolutely right. I, I think he'd be cheap. He'd come cheap, too. It's not like he's going to cost you anything crazy. I would love to bring Morin back. So if Morin comes back, that leaves you even less spots. So, like... Like you said, I think he's dangling Sandheim and Myers for sure. One of them, I think, is going to get traded. Uh, regarding Sam Moore, the, the thing I would love the most about him being on that seventh and the seventh defenseman role is like he's been around this organization for so long, and I think it's so, so beneficial long. to have a like a seventh defenseman who's just a guy everyone likes, a good story, physical presence, plays hard. I feel like you, you can't really come around those too often, so you might For as well sure. just, just hang on to that guy and let him let him play in that seventh spot. And I kind of feel bad because I didn't mention Robert Haig, but like, I feel like, I mean, he's still extended. like He's still here next year on contract, so what they do with him is we'll see. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they have some work to do. They're gonna Chuck's going to hop in the sandbox and... <laughs> play around and he's going to formulate it but clearly like you said the way it's structured right now and what we need going forward someone's getting moved yeah but like we knew this like you don't draft all the guys to keep all the guys like it's it's what you do right now the guys on the contract you got Provorov he makes six million Gossespierre four Myers makes two Braun makes 1.8 Hay makes 1.6 and then Morin and Sanheim are Morin's an unrestricted and then Sanheim's are restricted so Ghost is probably not going to be here if they don't decide to keep him in that third pairing role. And Braun, Hag, Sanheim, like just yeah, like you said, a lot of decisions to be made, man, for sure. I'm excited to see what he does, though. Like, give me something. I wish that rumor would break out. Talk about something. It's been pretty, pretty. I mean, like the players are still going on, which is understandable, but I feel like it's been pretty dry. Besides, like the Pierre LeBron, Friedman podcast, little him. Freeman saying it flies in on everything, something that I've heard since I was 13. Dude, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, right? So it's June 21st right now, the day we're recording this. Until From now until July 21st, it's going to be just Elliot Friedman snippets, 31 thoughts, or 32 thoughts because of the Kraken, 32 thoughts snippets. And then that weekend around the draft or expansion, it might be the, might be the week leading up to that weekend. It's just all going to pop. I'm telling you, it's going to be a wicked two that's what, weeks. That's what usually happens when the NHL usually all just fucking pours out at once. The NBA, like the way they do free agency and like the trade deadline is awesome. Like it's like extended a little bit. It's always it's so dramatic too. So like, dramatic. It, it's it's, it's entertaining. Their off season is sometimes more entertaining than the regular season. But like you said, you said earlier, you said earlier in the podcast. It's not who are we talking about? Seth Jones with the Colorado. It's not like you're KD where you can just request to go anywhere. It's not. It isn't the NBA. How would you feel if the like? Would you want the NHL to turn into that? I mean, to the gear, the gear more towards the players. In the long term, yeah, yeah. I think it just grows the game. Like that's what I'm saying. Grows the game. What that is is like, yeah, you're marketing your stars better. Exactly. And you're putting your stars in better markets, but like. Uh, it, it, it's a double-edged sword because on one hand you're growing the game you get like the game it. more mainstream and on the other hand like the hockey purists think you're going to ruin the purity of the game because like the way it's set up now especially with like you re-sign a home like a guy you've already have signed you can sign him to eight years instead mm-hmm. of like if he were to go sign somewhere else at seven years like he gets that incentive extra year to stay with his hometown team yeah things like that honestly i think is where it needs to change i i don't i don't know if that don't incentive like that. should be in there no 
Because guys, dude, they take that a lot, especially in the NHL. Like, you don't see guys moving, like we said. And they did that because they want guys to stay in their hometown markets. They want these small markets to succeed. But, I mean, how many times can you watch McDavid get bounced and bounced (laughs) and bounced? It really shows you, though. Hockey is is so far from an individual sport. And the best player, like, arguably, no argument with anybody, the best player in the world has gotten bounced consecutively year after year it's just gotten bounced hasn't made the playoffs at times yeah it's, i'm gonna it's tell you some more players that have been bounced this year nathan mckinnon yeah. bounced austin matthews mitch marner william nylander bounced kaprizov i mean he versus the golden knights but whatever bounced how Capitals. about the kaprizov situation you want to get into that real yeah quick? absolutely absolutely because i think it's awesome and whether or not it's it's just some like uh, a hardball negotiation tactic i love it and i think the nhl needs more uh, drama like this. So apparently, Kevin Kevin Weeks tweeted out that apparently Kaprizov was entertaining a KHL deal, and I mean that blew me away. But like you said, it could just be him and his agent leveraging the Wild to get more money, which is probably exactly what it is. Yeah, but, but like the but maybe the, uh, the maybe the Wild just don't have the money to do the it. The threat right is now. there though. Like it's exactly no. I think this is a real thing. Just because I don't know if this is a situation where the wild are being cheap. I just don't know if they actually have the money to give him the deal that he's demanding right now. And dude, it's like after, especially after the year we just had. Like everyone wants to be home around their family. Like you mean to tell me that this kid would not like? He's probably gonna go over there and make more money, and then he's gonna be in his hometown. Like I said, chilling with his parents, chilling with his friends and family. That don't sound too bad. Especially if they get him on a one to two year deal, like that's a real threat. That that is, that's enticing. You had me crying with what you sent me. You were like, "Hey, sign me and give me the money that I want, or I'll go home and play hockey there and have my mom cook me home meal, home cooked meals." It's true. Let me play in my front, my front door, my front yard. Stay home, close to family, get paid millions. If you don't want to pay me the money, it's there. But it's definitely just him using that. It's a smart smart business strategy. Smart, smart move. But I wonder how this affects the long-term relationship with him in the Minnesota Wild. Like, he's already yeah, been Yeah, they're this... definitely like, mm, one year you're here, well, yet you have one good year, and you're already pulling this shit. But, like, he deserves the money for sure. But, but this is like it. the Mitch Marner thing. Like, remember when Mitch Marner yeah, uh, I mean, like, did all that? It handicapped his team. Danny, he had... He had a breakout year in the perfect year. Like he coming into the NHL, he couldn't have picked a better year to do what he did. He just like he had that one good year, man. That's not saying that he's not gonna come back next year and have the exact same year, but he picked a really good year to come into his NHL for the first time and, and do what he did. He's gonna he's, he's gonna get the money regardless. Yeah. I don't know, it puts them in such a hard and I, I, I said it before the podcast, I think I really just feel for wild fans. I do, because, like, they've been irrelevant for so long. And I don't care how many times you make the playoffs. Like, you got whooped by the Blackhawks. Like, you're, no, you're irrelevant. Those weren't real. Those are the Hackstall Flyers playoff berths. Those aren't real playoff berths. <laughs> Those weren't real. They're, they've been irrelevant for a while. How long have I been, like, ew, the Minnesota Wild? You know what I mean? But that, that wasn't the case this year. They had a guy, and they finally had someone to buy jerseys of. And now he might not even play for you next year. I mean, he still probably will, but like so many people bought his jersey. I just feel I feel for the fans who have to deal with this because I would I don't I would hate it. I would hate to be in limbo. I would hate to be in limbo right now. 
even though like in, in your heart of hearts you know he's gonna come back yeah, you yeah. know he's gonna be in Minnesota Wild I it, it would still it would still hurt a little bit it really would dude the Lightning are smacking the Islanders right now it's six well, nothing in the second period wow yeah wow. Okay, I, I was waiting for a game like that from, so was from I. the Lightning, and I actually thought it was going to be tonight. I actually did think it was going to be tonight. Yeah, I'm then, sure you did, Dan. Look at the group chat. <laughs> I'm kidding. Dude, Hedman just walked the line. Beautiful shot. Killhorn with the deflection. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful play. Textbook yep. shit. I, I, is this, are they going to repeat? Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, they might. They, they they really. I mean, I had. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I I had Colorado at least going to the cup. Like they they really disappointed me. But eh, I t- Tampa very very well may repeat for sure. Colorado had the the misfortune of running into the Stanley Cup final before the Stanley Cup final. You know what I mean? They had the hardest Two great test. teams. Yeah. Fantastic that, that sucks. That sucks. That's just the way the chips fell for them. It is what it is. Nathan McKinnon will Great win. Talent. Yeah, will yeah. win a title in Colorado. Like I, I think that's just one of those things where you're just like the Lightning, like the Capitals. You're just waiting for that team to break through. It's it's Finally coming eventually. Too. Yeah, it's no. coming. They're 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 too good. I mean, McCarr, McKinnon, Rantanen. We'll see what happens with Landeskog, but they're. Absolutely loaded. They have a really good team. Gerard, like, this is a solid team. Dude, Kucherov can seriously fuck off, though. Like, he's snapping, dude. He's ridiculous. He's snapping, dude. I that know. assist he had, it was a game two. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, where he, like, made the little space for himself by just, like, the, that little subtle move that he made. Long-term then, like, injury reserve my ass. That dude's been good since March. Stop <laughs> playing with me, dude. Look at him. Uh, how far are they over the cap? 18? They're, they're spending 98 mil, and the cap's 81.5. Yeah, I mean, you know what Dougie Hamilton said after they got kicked out? He was like, yeah, we, we just lost to a team 18 million over the cap. That's, that's exactly what he said. Yep. Respect to Re- reasonably salty about that. Seriously, that's... That guy's going to get paid. I mean, I know we talked about him, but that, that dude is going to get paid. I, can't, I can't wait for Vegas to get Jack Eichel somehow. That's another so, thing. We didn't even talk about him. We didn't even talk about that Buffalo Saber situation, and we'll get to it. But before that, you you want to finish off the questions, or yeah, let's just let's just ra- like fire off all the it. questions, I guess, right now. I know for a fact there was another one about uh, Jones Analytics versus Eye Test. Yeah, I mean, you want to finish was, up on the plus minus, but it was from Adam. Yeah, I think it was Adam. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I just think um, that's the kind of player where you can't just look at analytics. No. Like that that is a, uh, he's an eye test player. Like when you average he's 25 a minutes a night, like you pretty much play half the game. You're going to be on the ice for a lot of goals for, a lot of goals against. It's just the way it goes. If your team sucks, you're going to have a high minus. If your team's good, you're going to have a high plus. Like it's that Provorov syndrome like we said. But anyone who actually watches Provorov knows he's a good defenseman and he just needs the right complementary piece to really elevate his game. I really do think that Putting those two guys together would be nice. Would be would work. I really do think they would work. But like you said, Seth Jones is definitely more of an eye test kind of guy. He's just that gritty, minute munching defenseman, right-handed shot. Twenty-six years old. I think he's a perfect guy to go out and go out and grab for uh, for Perver. I'm I'm a hundred percent in on the Seth Jones train. That never wasn't was never persuaded the other way with all that 
I don't know, people arguing on Twitter about the eye test versus analytics, blah, 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 but I'm all in. It wasn't until I tweeted, like, is anyone actually against Seth Jones when I realized, oh, I right, there know. is a couple people. Because I really did not see it before it. But I, it seemed like everyone was on board with getting a guy. But Bleed Orange and Black said, this will get asked a lot. D-Man, who do you guys like and why? Went into a lot of that. Personally, I like Alec Martinez of Vegas. I think everyone likes this guy and wants this guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be a hot commodity around the league. We're not the only ones that yeah, oh, like Alec going Martinez. Any spicy takes on backup goalies? Pretty much got into that one as well. Corposalo, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, we'll see. With that. Yeah. What awesome things you guys got planned for the upcoming season and podcast? For the season, keep up the great content work. TLY rocks, baby. Appreciate the love as always. That's my guy. Always. I, I have a pretty cool York video coming up. Pretty cool uh, breakdown of that. So, Yeah, as far as like us going into next season, like uh, obviously now we're going to get the... It ain't going to be like a month and a half in between the next episode. Robert's going to get rolling much more YouTube videos going into next year. Uh, draft coverage, like maybe live streams for the draft. Yeah, I was talking maybe to for Danny. the expansion draft too. I don't know. Maybe we'll rattle that one off before the draft because that one's going to be very interesting. That one, that one <laughs> that could be. be really that one could fun. affect our franchise much more than that's the actual what I'm, draft. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like that night could be like a really big night for us. We'll, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. But yeah. So the, our focus is on that for now. Mm-hmm. Is going towards uh, off season Seth Jones draft, um, live stream for the expansion now, draft. Seth We're Jones, trying to do shit like that. Seth Jones isn't the only isn't the only defenseman that is a possibility. There's a lot of other guys. There's a lot of, like, 2B, 2C guys that we could be looking at, too. I mean, Tyson Berry is always an option. I'm not, I'm not saying he's the best option. Aless Yak, he's another option. There's a couple guys. Uh, Dumba, I mean, I saw that talk. Uh, oh, I would love it. I would out love there it. A couple times. I would love it, too. I really would. We'll, we'll see. Uh, there's definitely other options than Dougie, Jones, Dumba, but... I mean, there are probably guys out there that Chuck's thinking about that we don't even know. So. Dude, let's have a fun conversation right now. You ready? Because mm-hmm. we never we never talked about it on the pod. We did through text. What? Johnny Goudreau. What about him? So, starting in 2021-22, player has to submit a five-team no-move clause, severely, severely limiting calgary's leverage so if they don't want to move forward with this guy long term he's going to be moved and it's going to be before this deadline this upcoming season because he's going to submit that five team list and it's going to be boston colorado vegas philly tampa and what are they going to do they will do this it's going to put them in such a bad spot it's going to put so they're going to have to move them before that five team no move clause gets submitted and dude that'd be fun oh my god could you imagine going to go coming here i obviously i i think calgary should just build around kachuk I and mean, he's a 23 year old oh he's almost a restricted free agent he makes seven million now he's the guy that they're probably going to look at and be like, we're going to build around him they got monahan still i i i could really that, that that'd be crazy i mean obviously he has to send in that list but i, I would rather wait till unrestricted free agency to to try for johnny goudreau but him coming here would be insane yeah, I mean, at that point, especially uh, if he's going to hit that free agency market, if the Flyers like really think he's going to want to come here or entertain a, a sit-down with the Flyers in the offseason, then, yeah, we, we could shoot for that. Yeah. But if Cal- if Calgary is severely, like, we need to get this guy out. Yeah, yeah like, and we could swoop in, maybe, like, get now, them to retain a little bit. Now, if 
Yeah, like like you said, now we we don't know what the talks behind the scenes are at. Like what what's going on? Like Calgary could be looking at this, but like, hey, we're really disappointed with the last couple of years. We really think we underperformed. Like it's time to shake shit up. Like the Flyers are doing. So maybe we could help them shake shit up and help us shake shit up a little bit. I I don't know. I could see Cal- Calgary making that kind of move. Like they're kind of in the same boat as us. Like they have guys on their team that like they expected to win and they didn't. They haven't in the last couple of years. So. Yeah, I think they're going to build around Kachuk. I would. I could definitely see them moving Johnny Gaudreau because they know he's not going to stay here when he has unrestricted free agency. And like you said, when they when he submits that list, it handicaps them even more. So they could come into this offseason coming up and being like, hey, like it's we're moving Johnny Gaudreau this offseason. It's it's time. It's, he, we're going to get probably highest value that we're going to get from him right now. I mean, think about it, Danny. Once they send in that list, his value drops a little bit. I mean, not completely, right? Oh my God! But you have to think about what teams he's gonna want to put on that. He's gonna put mm-hmm. teams that are just straight contenders and probably Philly. Well, well, Philly. All right, Philly's definitely there. Uh, I, I, Boston's probably there too. Vegas, like everyone loves. I can't blame players either. Like Vegas is probably on that list. Go as play well. hockey in Vegas. Yeah, I would love that. Who, who wouldn't want to go play hockey over there in Vegas? That's what I would do. If it, I'd be like, Yo, Boston, Tampa, Vegas, Colorado, Philly. There Good you go. Luck. Good Thank luck, you. dude. Bring me to one of them teams, and I'll I'll be cheesing, seriously. So like, this is the <laughs> risk they run right now. If they if they don't deal him this off season, and he goes into next season, and they have another just disappointing year under, and they miss yeah. the playoffs again, they're putting themselves in a, such a even he worse walks. spot. He walks next year if they if they have the same year they had last year, and they didn't really do anything in the playoffs. Danny, he walks. He doesn't go back there. I don't see him going back to Calgary if they had that kind of year. Why the fuck would he want to go back there? He'd, he'd be 28, 29 years old. He'd want to go to a, to a contender. Or and it, it puts Philly. them in a situation where they would have to move him. Like, if they started off this – if they if they don't do it now and they they go into the year and they start, like, 6, 10, and 1, they're in a position where they're going to get much less than they could have right now. Like, remember when the Blues won the Cup, but – Earlier in the season, like December-ish, when the talks of Tarasenko being traded were starting to come, like were starting yeah. to to arise, like a situation like that. Obviously, the Blues turned it around, but if Calgary is in that same kind of boat, where like they're talking about moving their top player because they like the, the Blues record was terrible at that point. We all know what it was. We all know the turnaround. We all know that story. But if Calgary's in the same boat as they were, yeah, I could definitely see them doing. And talking about the same kind of thing because those talks were real. Like, I don't think those Tarasenko talks were bullshit. I think it just kind of turned around quickly. So they were just like, "Hey, yeah, never mind. We're not, <laughs> we're not trading them. Thanks." Yeah, because you have to think St. Louis was in a position where they had like one seed teams, Presidents Trophy winning teams for years, never got it done. So like it, it got to a point where they they really needed to shake things up with that year that they were having in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that those rumors were floating. They were like known as chokers up until that point. They yeah. really were because they had like they were a one seed, two seed, always in the playoffs, always versus the Blackhawks. Always, you always see the Blues in the playoffs, but they never got it done except for the one year where you thought they were down and out. And that's just that's just how it goes. Uh, let's just finish up the rest of these questions real quick. Uh, our boy Germ says, "Who do we hate more, Vegas or the Islanders?" Oh, I don't know. See, now, my dad just came downstairs like an hour ago, and he was walking out, and he was like, you know what? As much as I hate the the Lightning, I want them to beat the Islanders. 
I was like, why do you hate the island? I mean, the Lightning. He's like, well, they beat beat us a couple times back back in the day, and I was like, uh, uh, I get that, but Islanders, hundred percent. I can't stand them. I mean, Vegas is. We have our beef with Vegas because like they're so good, so quick, but like that beef only goes so far. You can only be mad at them. I mean, you got to give credit to management. You got to give credit to the coaches, to the players, to everybody in that organization for building the team yeah. the way they did. I mean, like, yeah, they were given, they were given a nice little golden key to like start their shit. Like they, they, they were slipped a nice little hunter or something like that. But you got to give them credit. They built a really solid team. They weren't afraid to go out there and make moves. They went out and got Mark Stone. Like, they, they went out there, got Mac Pacioretty. Like, they were not afraid to go out there and make trades. So, I got to give them credit. As much as me and you will sit here and be like, fuck Vegas, haha. We've been fans for so long. Barely been in the ECF. And they've seen, how what, three ECFs now? And they've been in the league for four years. Two ECFs. It's Yeah, it comes from a position of them just being mad at their own team. It's just jealousy, honestly, dude, if we're being honest. Yeah, it's exactly. It's pure jealousy, but... And, like, I, I'll admit it. Like, I, yeah. I crack fun at Vegas, I admit it, but it comes from a place of where I'm just bitter at the Flyers. And my I'm really just angry at the Flyers. I'm just disguising it and me being angry at a team that's actually good. Same thing with, like, the whole Tampa thing. Like, anyone, like everybody would everybody's team would do that if they had the chance to do that. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have to say the Islanders definitely hate more. Uh, our boy Luke, this question is definitely for you. Uh, I'll touch on it a little bit, but I need your input for sure. He says, favorite player that would be there at 13, your most under-the-radar player in the draft, and will they stay at 13? That's a really good question. Shout-out to uh, shout out to Luke. That's my boy. I fuck with Luke. Uh, this draft, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Um, th- this draft could... Is really weird because of the because of COVID. A lot of lot lot, lot of uh, leagues didn't play. OHL obviously did not did not play. OHL right. I always get the leagues mixed up. Definitely the OHL Ontario. Yeah. This uh this draft could be weird. Like I I, I could see guys that I thought were gonna go top ten fall. And if that happens, like a guy like Kent Johnson uh. Lasile, uh, Sillinger. I mean, I could really see Sillinger falling. He's a really deceptive shot. I like Sillinger, but there's a lot of guys. Mason McTavish. I think Mason McTavish is going to go like top eight, top seven. I think uh, he, he just brings that element of like grit, skill that teams are going to absolutely love. I mean, he was the captain of the U under 18 teams and that just won gold. So uh, I think he's going to go top seven, top eight. So if he goes top seven, top eight, that kicks somebody that I thought was going to go and they're down. So I think they're, if the Flyers stay at 13, I think there could be a, a couple guys. Uh, Lucci's, like I said, Sillinger. Um, I would love Matthew, Matthew Coronado. I mean, I made a video about him like a week ago. He's the announcer that like turns into a werewolf every time that Coronado scores. Did you see that tweet that I posted oh a couple God, days ago? So funny. So funny. Matthew Coronado is an absolute pure golf scorer. He's one of the best in the draft class, one of the best pure snipers along with, uh, Chaz Lucis, I don't know if I'm butchering his name. I'm sorry if I am, but him, Fabian Lysel is a extremely. He's a he's like five ten, five eleven, but he's an extremely skilled player. Shifty could shoot the puck with the best of them. But like I said, uh, there's a lot of guys that I uh, I could see drop down. But I like this draft. I really do. I mean, I could see the Flyers looking at thirteen. They weren't able to trade thirteen for a player, or or they weren't able to package the first overall pick to to send somebody out of here and i can see them dropping back trading back and 
hopefully maybe a Brendan Othman drops to you or or an Atu Ratty who was supposed to go number one, number two is is, is sitting there. I, I still think Atu Ratty is a, a good prospect. I think he's an underrated prospect. I, I think he dropped down a little bit too much. So I, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot I of players. I feel like GMs man. in the NHL go off the board anyway in a normal year where there's full scouting, full junior leagues playing. Like every year we always see some picks that we're like, okay, these yeah. guys are dropping. And this year I think it's just going to be double, triple. Danny, double, remember this triple name. That. Remember this name. And not only for the draft in general, but for the Flyers. If they decide to, to trade back a little bit, I don't see them getting, I don't see them drafting him at 13. I would be sh- a little surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, but. Zachary Lou Huroy. He he's a I don't know mm-hmm. if I butchered his name either. I'm sorry if I did, but he's teammates with Elliot Dayernay. He got traded to the Mooseheads from the same team with Elliot Dayernay. They both had breakout years with each other, so I I could really see the Flyers because you know that him. scouting department has seen plenty yeah. of that. Guy. I mean, I've seen, seen plenty, plenty of them from all the fucking QMJHL games that I've fucking watched. I've seen enough of this kid to to, to make a pretty good. Player his, his name was always on the score sheet. Like I, I do. I have great notifications passer. on on my great passer. tweets. Great finisher as well. Reads the play really well. He he loves to get into the dirty areas. He's gotten to the dirty areas a little, little too much. He's gotten suspended a couple times. He took a dude's helmet off one time. Like got into a fight with him. So he's Philly made. Really good passer. He's an underrated shooter. He plays really well with Dayernay. So I think if they don't, if if they look at the draft board and they're like we could get a really good guy if we just drop back i could see them dropping back a little bit and maybe going with zachary i really could it's a lot of good guys this guy named oscar olison he's on the ashl and this dude reminds me of like a sweden frost he has extremely soft hands he can play with the puck on his stick like like i've never seen before but uh, two-way issues uh not the biggest guy in the world he's got to add some add some weight but he's another guy that i could see if they they uh trade back a little bit to go after. He's got some soft hands around the net that can, can finish with some of the best of them. Who is your favorite realistic defenseman target? Realistic or who's my favorite in the draft? Like falling to 13. or, or I'd say like 8 to 16 range that you think. Who's, yeah, who's your favorite like mid-draft? Well, uh, Owen Power is going number one, number two. Ed. Edvidson is probably going to go right yeah, behind them, if not three. Gonna... Luke Hughes, Hughes, I don't see going past New Jersey. I think Jack's going to be right in their ear if he's sitting there. I don't see how they would pass on him. Not only is, not only are they brothers, but Luke Hughes is an extremely, extremely good defenseman. So I think that would be a good pick for them. I don't see Brent Clark dropping that much. I mean, if anybody out of them guys, it would be Clark dropping a little bit. But... I don't think he would be dropping anywhere near us. Um, if we were looking defensemen, maybe Carson Coolmos. I don't know if I'm – or uh, Carson Coolmans or something like that. I don't know if I'm butchering his names. I'm really bad with names if you haven't noticed. But he's a defenseman that I can see them looking at. Carson Lambos. I think I've talked to you a couple times about him. I like Lambos. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a nice little uh, defenseman. There's a forward. There's a two-way forward from, I think, Russia. Definitely Russia. His name's Fetchkov. Um, he's a two-way forward that I could definitely like. Like he's the Rupsov of this draft class, and I could see the Flyers taking him. His name's F- F- uh, Fyodor Shvetskov. I don't know if I'm butchering his first name either, but he's another guy that I I watched a lot of tape on, and he's just a, he's a re- extremely solid two-way f- forward already. Um, offense is going to come later, but 
I, I could see the Flyers looking at him and be like, ooh, I really like his two-way play because they seem to be doing that all the time. I, I still cringe at that, that Robustov pick, even though they just signed him back. But hopefully that pick gets slung. In all honesty. In all honesty. <laughs> if it doesn't get slung, Danny, I, I would love Cole Sillinger. I, I really would. We'll see with that. I mean, dynamic offensively, I think he has a really he, – he's he's one of the best pure snipers in the draft class. Deceptive release. He loves to throw the body. So, we'll see. We'll see with him. On the forward front, offseason Fletcher asks, is Patrick actually done as a flyer? Also, is moving Voracek an option? Oh, this is this. Oh, I like this one. <laughs> you this hit one's the right gonna, keys with that question. Uh, no, he did too. Yeah. He did because he, he knows exactly what kind of answers he's trying to extract from us. And buddy, you're about to get him. Is Patrick done as a flyer? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care. But like, if he comes back <laughs> on a qualifying <laughs> offer, that's cool. I mean, if he doesn't look good, I hope he doesn't play. I hope he gets put in the AHL or something. Or if we move him out somewhere, give him away. I don't. I really don't care. I don't care what we do with Patrick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm at a point with Patrick where it's he's either going to come back here on that qualifying offer and it's going to be low risk, uh, potentially medium reward, yeah. or we just get rid of him. The and fan that, in and me, that, the fan, I'm sorry to cut you off, Danny. The fan in me says he's not going to, like, the fan in me says no, I don't want him back, get him the fuck out. But, like, the logical voice in my head says that he probably will be back on that qualifying offer I mean, he's still young i mean i i know people don't want to hear about that that still young excuse if you will but i'm not saying that like i'm making excuses for nolan patrick like he was fucking terrible he, he was awful i also do not care what happens with him like they could trade him he could walk he could be here i, I really don't care but i do think the i, I think the the smart thing would be to to re-sign him if he's really that bad, he'll show it again, and then you just you you, you let him walk away. You're not letting anything yeah, walk away. Yeah, just put him on the qualifying offer. Have him show up to training camp. But if he looks really motivated, awesome. If he, he doesn't, then year. you know what you have on your hands. Then you're like, all right, whatever. Like, cool, thanks, Patrick. You're on a qualifying offer. We'll let you walk now. But yeah, we'll see what the whole Patrick situation. I mean, you said it before. Like, whatever happens with Nolan Patrick, like I feel like like. The damage is not – I don't want to say the damage is already done because it's not. I, he could definitely turn it around, but it, it's definitely cutting close with Noah Pat. It's not on Ben Simmons' level yet, but it's starting to get there. Like, he – shit needs to turn around, turn around quick. Absolutely. Final question comes from our boy James at the Liberty Line. Will watching the Flyers be any less painful than the rest of Philadelphia sports? Genuine question. So I'm assuming he's asking, like, yo, can I sit down this year, watch the Flyers, and enjoy an experience where a team's not going to hurt me and a team's actually going to live up to expectations? And uh, Can't give you that answer because I have no idea what that team in front of you is going to be. So especially next year. I'll, yeah, James, we'll re- we will revisit that one Yeah, but going I, into the season. But, I mean, if last year had any indication, no. <laughs> this no, team will upset you and disappoint just you. Like just like all the rest of the rest. teams. Yeah, just like the rest of the teams. Trust me, you're not don't, missing anything over here. Don't forget Tim Younghand's question. He asked one about like 17 minutes ago while we were like mid-podcast. Oh. I, asked the big one. You want me to say it? I got it right yep, in front yeah, of yeah, me. Yeah, Tim, our boy, Younghand's day one. Who is leading the team in goals next year? Who will have the biggest bounce back next season? 
What player currently in the offs would you like to see on the team next season? What backup will I go after to support Hart, and should the team change jerseys? Now we can answer this. Uh, we can answer those questions one by one. The first one: Who is leading the team in goals next year? Faraby led the team this year with twenty. I'm gonna say him again. No, 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 no. TK. Oh my god. Oh, that, that's spicy. I'm throwing people it. got I'm... heat. People got beef with TK now, Danny. And I'm one of them. It's time. No, no, I'm it's kidding, it's it's, it's, it, it's warranted. Trust me, it's warranted. I don't like, have beef with him. I think he needs to to step his fucking game up a little bit, but it's not on the beef level yet. <laughs> no, no, definitely not as bad as some people are making it. Like some people are uh, like He needs to score more though. Uh, I agree with absolutely, people with that. Absolutely. But there's like a difference between like, oh, this guy's not playing as well as he should. He's got to score more, and then just like, TK, effing salt. Like, you, you know how the Flyers fan base has been, and I touched on it today. It's just been, it's been very toxic. And if if the, Fly- people- the Flyers, the whole last year was just so bad, dude. They, they were first in the league in goals against with 197 goals. Woof. 197 goals. That's incredible. They were second. They had the second worst power play in the league. Converting power plays at 73.1%. The Devils were converting power plays at 70.9%. They were the number one worst team in the league. We were 73.1%. We were only 3% better than the fucking Devils. Than the fucking Devils. Who play in the Prudential Center, Danny. And where is the Prudential Center located? In fucking Newark. In Newark, Danny. It's just ugly. Like, the power play. That's. I mean, like we haven't even we haven't even talked. On the power play. No, the, the power play is one of them things where it's like, I can't tell you the last time I was actually good at this point. I remember a point in time when it, that was the only thing we had going for us. We didn't have the depth. We didn't have the goalie. Didn't have the coaching. But, but we, we, always had, had the, yep, we always had that first power play. Like, we, we always had that Drew Simmons, uh, Voracek on the other side power play. We always exactly. at least had that. But uh, now the power play last game of the season left off like this. JVR... Net front, Giroux hit in his position, Coots in the middle, the slot shot, connecting on the right wall with Ghost at the point. That was power play one. Power play two was Hayes in the net front, Farabee on Giroux's side, Voracek in his normal right wall spot, and then you had Provorov and York. That's what the last game was. Now, when York first came onto the team, the first game, he was playing power play one minutes with Giroux. He looked damn good and doing you'll it. You'll see that with that video that I have coming out very soon. He looked very good doing it and i mean i i didn't i didn't say anything bad about ivan Provorov. i just said that there are just some things even now even this early in his career even at 20 years old that cam york can do has done in the nhl even though it was three games that didn't really count that just ivan Provorov can't really do york just has traits about him he just the way he can quarterback a power play is is really mesmerizing like we originally gave York the Kimo team in comparison on the power play, but, like, I'm not going to say he's better because I think Kimo, I mean, Kimo was just, uh, he was so good on the power play, the way he just knew how to just distribute the puck. But it is Kimo-like. It definitely is Kimo-like, for sure. Uh, what was the next part of Tim Timmy Bully's question? I didn't even answer who I thought was going to be the team leading the goal scorer. I, I oh. think it's going to be, if... If J if JVR doesn't get traded, I think it's either going to be him or Faraby. I could see uh, Wade Allison being a dark horse, but I'll go with a. Uh, I'll go with Faraby. 
that, I think that's definitely a solid pick. Like a guy like Farabee, I'm banking on him to get even better next year, take take more steps. Another uh, dark horse would be uh, Lindy. Lindy just oh. decides to hop back. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. yeah, dude, that's a great one. Uh, he was the leading goal scorer before he got diagnosed with cancer. Could, could easily see that one happening. Just yep. a lot of net front goals. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Second second part, who will have the biggest bounce-back season? Uh, I think that's a pretty easy one. I think Carter Hart will have the biggest yeah. back-bounce season. I'm it's not, a layup one. Yeah. Um, you have to hope. If you're a Flyers fan, you have to back I mean, the whole, I mean, the whole fucking team needs to have a bounce-back year. So, hopefully that happens. But individually, uh, I think the safest bet, if you were a betting man, would be, oh, they just scored again. 7 not in Tampa. Jesus. That's demoralizing. I'm I'm very I'm you know with a great <laughs> with a great veteran coach like Barry Trotz, I am extremely interested to see how this team responds if, in hey, Game Six because a lot yeah. of the times when you have a great coach, he knows how to push the buttons after a blowout like this to get your team right. I'm curious to see if they can get it done in Game Six. I it, really it, am. It'll be in New York too, so yeah. I'm That's what I'm saying. To see. I, this is this is this is bad. This is really bad. They're they're getting torched, but um. Bounce back year, yeah. I, I think the safest bet would be the heart for sure. I think I think the defense is going to be better in front of them. Hopefully, the forwards back checking is going to be better in front of them. But I think the lock is that the defense in front of him will be a lot better than it was last year. So, bounce back year, heart for sure. Put that. Put go to the casino with that. Put that on a bet. The betting lounge. Let's mm-hmm. go. Uh, third question: What player currently in the Yoffs would you love to see on the Philadelphia Flyers? I think like I think we kind of already said this one all episode. I, for me, it's Martinez. Uh, I would love to see uh, Andre Palat on the Flyers, but yeah, probably might be a nice one. Martinez would mind be. Uh, Chernick on the uh, on Tampa. I don't know if they're gonna be able to afford him. Number eighty one. Um, I would like to uh, maybe a nice little middle pairing role for him. Uh, as much as I know that you don't like him, Sizikas on the Islanders as a no. I would like. Players. I I poke fun. <laughs> <laughs> I poke fun at his at his history, yeah. In uh, in sports, but I would like him. Ash, dude, look at that fourth. Look at the way that the awesome. fourth line plays on that team. My that- dad was watching that the other day and was like, "That's their fourth line." I was like, "Yeah, yeah that's their, pop- I was like, "That's the best one in the league." That line has been together for so long. Like it's so rare you get a fourth line that's been together years and that know each other and it's like the fourth line like you, you tune in and watch an islanders game like you're watching the premier fourth line it's kind of cool it it's is kind of cool they're a good they're they're an extremely good fourth line for sure but yeah uh those are a couple guys i'm not sure there are other guys if we were to do a deep deep dive but those are just the guys off the top of my head that i wouldn't mind seeing i mean patrick yeah Murray. and those are like realistic guys yeah. Like, obviously, I'd be, like, a brain point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but the realistic guys. I mean, like, the whole Alec Martinez thing, He like, he's definitely, he's the obvious pick. Like, I, if the, if Chuck can somehow get Alec Martinez here while adding a, a, a partner for Perevrov, like Danny said, I, I will be calling up for season tickets. I will be all back on board. I'm already on board. I'm a, I'm a Flyers fanatic. I, I will be at Dev Camp at yes. 8 o'clock in the morning sitting there waiting for them to come out, but... I will be all back on board. If, I'm if already selling myself on like, all right, this was a Mickey Mouse year in which we played the same seven teams, couldn't even sell out our building. We'll be back now. I'm already selling myself on next year. I really am. Uh, like them and the, like their performance in the playoffs, then the comeback, like Chuck gave them the benefit of the doubt, and the comeback, run it back kind of year, and then the comeback, and like give that like that's what they gave him. All the comments that they like he 
instilled in them. I'm not saying it's all their fault. Like definitely his fault too for not feeling holes. But yeah, but he definitely they failed their GM. He took it, a chance. He did on Ron Hextall's guys. A lot of GMs don't do that. No, he like, said this. He said this. He said, "I see how good you guys were before COVID hit. I see the role that you guys were on." I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that the playoffs were wacky. You were in a bubble in Canada. Like I, I'm going to give you that benefit of the doubt. Here, all right, I'm going to let you run it back. Myers, you're playing top four minutes. Let's see what we can do. I couldn't find anybody to come in. I, didn't, I couldn't find a deal that I like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's essentially, in a way, they did fail him. But in a way, he failed them by not going out and getting pro of a partner. I, I think like, that, that that was the yeah. number one. I remember, no, like, Guffs and signing i remember me and you being like hey this isn't a terrible signing like if it's that bad you can always get out of it like, i remember me and you saying it to each other if, if he's bad you can always get out of it it's not that much yeah. money but it, it was a lot of money if looking back on it compared to like what Char, other like Char yeah, got yeah that's the like that's that. the obvious one but like when after that signing happened we were like okay we'll see how it goes but we were left with more question marks than anything we hopped on that podcast and we're going okay ghost is gone because if he's not what is our long-term plan here and he, he, Chuck just went on a press conference and said, this is not a Niskanen replacement. So who is? Well, like, it left us with more question marks than, than answers. That absolutely. Uh, well, think about this. When when Niskanen retired, how fast did, go, did, did he go out and go sign Braun? The, the, the Braun signing? Braun was gone. Braun was already Yeah, they already to told him to pack his shit, He bro. was gone. I don't give a fuck what anybody says to me about that. He Justin Braun was gone. And apparently they knew about... Niskanen retiring for a little bit, so I'm sure Chuck was like, "All right, now let's just bring Braun back." Like I, I personally think I think Braun was a panic move. I think if everything went Chuck Fletcher's way, Braun would have not have been on the Flyers next year. I think he would have let Braun walk, let Braun sign with the team, knowing the Flyers, Braun would probably would have been on Tampa or fucking the Islanders playing in the playoffs right now, yeah. playing on a third pairing role. But yeah, like we'll see with that. All right, let's finish up. Uh... His uh, what, what backup would you want them to go after? We already talked about that. Bernier, Corpusado. Yeah, I don't have like ones. a particular name in mind. I just want a guy who. Uh, it's it's so hard to explain because like I'm it's I don't want like just an old guy, but no, like I, I, like I, I want. I feel like I explained it pretty well. Like, yeah, you, want you a guy, it well. You want a guy to come in here to push Hart, but not take the number one spot away from him because it exactly. is his. But you want a guy that just in case he goes through those. Those droughts again, like if if we come back and like the defense is improved and Hart is still letting in these goals, and then we we, we need a goalie that can come in and take time like take extended periods of time away from Hart if Hart is struggling like that. So that's what I think we need. That's what I think Chuck knows that he needs. Like Chuck, like this is the thing that me and you always say to each other. It's not like Chuck Fletcher came out. I mean, when you talk about Dave Scott and his press conferences, all you want, like the, the, the mushy material that he gives you, the corporate material that he gives you every time that he steps in front of the mic is, it's just the most obvious shit ever. But like Chuck Fletcher comment came out and like, it's not like he was like defending his off season at all. Like he traded Gustafson away, openly admitting that that was a fucking terrible signing. He came on and he was like, "Hey, like it is my fault. I I did not fill that number one spot next to Pro Rob. That's my bad. I'm actively looking for players, like, and and I know actively looking isn't enough. I agree with you, but at least he's not sitting here being like, oh, I thought Gustafson like had a bad year, blah blah blah. Like I think like Hextall would have tried to bring Gustafson back and like tell us that Gustafson had a down year or like tell us that Gustafson." didn't get the system down because it was a COVID year, so a full training camp and full blah, blah, blah for Gustafson is going to make a difference, and he can really play with pro blah, blah, blah. It's like, Chuck didn't do any of that. Like He openly admitted that 
shit, he, he fucked up. And he he's going to make a difference. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I said it before. We'll see what he does with it. You have to, because it's like it's, it's his last swing at it if he doesn't. But yeah, uh, last question from Tim. Should the team change jerseys? Now, this is something I saw on Twitter. Yeah, it's been talked about a lot. I could see them doing it. I, I, it's, it's something that I could see Comcast doing for a money grab. Like, the team sucks. Grady's, Grady's really starting to annoy people. The only way that we can get a little bit of hype before the season starts, I mean, maybe before they start making moves, is announce a new sweater. Like, they don't have to show us what the sweater is, but maybe just be like, hey, before the season starts, we're unveiling a brand new sweater. We're unveiling a brand new home sweater. Something like that. I, I would love it, yeah. Like, bring I back- would love it, too. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, if the team does good with those jerseys off, like, and they, they usher in a new era a new with a new branding of jerseys and stuff. I'm always going to associate those jerseys with positive things, but if they come out and just have a same old, yeah. uh, 2010, like the last decade, 2010s flyers season, then what does it really just change? Then, then it really truly looks like a money grab. I mean, I, I think either way they do it, it's a money grab, but yeah, uh, give me a modern version of the old home black jerseys and i'm buying one <laughs> i am buying one 100 yeah why are they what is up with philly teams and just constantly teasing us with the black jersey but never bringing them back the sixers didn't bring back the ai ones the flyers aren't bringing back we've been asking for so long and especially ever since adidas took over the jerseys we've been asking for them to recreate those um old black jerseys and for some reason they just they're so <laughs> with, nice with all the bitching we do, you would think that they would give us that bone, you know, just to shut us up a little bit. Like, yeah, that's like what I'm saying. Nah, Danny, they wouldn't do that for us, bro. Like, give me a black jersey, like shit. Give me a black Farby, like what well, old, you know, the old black jersey in fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. I'm saying, I'd buy one automatically. Those old black jerseys back before. Uh, yeah, dude, I buy one so quick, so quick. Before we before we move on, there there was one more question, and this was from Sam, our our, our boy. Can somebody please explain icing to Ryan Conway and I? <laughs> and then Ryan goes, "I so barely want to understand." <laughs> Crying, like Danny said, if you uh if you want us to teach you about that, have a beer with us, watch a game with us, and we will definitely talk your ear off the entire time. So, dude, honestly, yeah, and I was like so dead ass about that. Like, if if, oh if you guys, if anyone wants to ever get into hockey, sit down, have a beer with us, because dude, we bring the energy and we'll teach <laughs> on, you a thing on. or two. You want to tell them the story about me and you in the in my basement after the bubble, real quick, because that, that story is hilarious. Danny's a great storyteller. The Farabee goal? No, 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 no. The, me and you arguing about Giroux. Oh, so yeah, this was like after like game four or five in the Islanders series. Me and Stump's been drinking the whole entire game. I think the Flyers just lost, Bad. and we were compl- and Giroux hadn't scored, like hadn't scored all playoffs. I think at that point, and like it, it was, we were both arguing the same thing. I think he was so like pissed at Giroux, and I was like, yeah, Giroux's definitely been been not playing well. But it's, I'm looking at a guy like TK Moore. He's been the guy all year, and like it it turned into like an argument in which we were agreeing. About the same principle that was in which Giroud needs to step it up. It just, That's essentially what it was. We were arguing the same thing. It's just shit like that. Come, come watch games like, come watch games with us like that, and we'll just have a great time. Just sitting here watching hockey, arguing about stupid shit. It's, it's, it's always it's always a good time. Dude, if we can like 
somehow like do some watch alongs like that, that's what i want like to do for sick. the like for for the draft like i'm not saying let's sit down and have like a, a fucking tsn show where like we're up to date where we're in suits and shit like i thought about like let's sit in front of our camera and be like yo guys we're streaming this entire draft and just sit and talk to people about hockey talk about the drafts and just chill like sit, we sit there and like drink like who gives a fuck Something like that. Just sit with people. You know what I mean? I feel like it'd be something fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as the expansion draft comes closer and this, that, we'll, we'll definitely get into stuff like that. But we are about an hour and a half yeah, into this. We're, if you we're, wrap yeah, we're 80, 82 minutes into this one. So definitely wrap this one up. Dude, this was a very fun one. I was excited for this one. I know. I missed And you, I bro. think it lived up to it. I missed you too. I missed talking on, on, the, on the podcast you, waves. I should say. Always I mean, my. It's not like I haven't seen you. Always my yeah. Uh, always my my hockey go to to go talk hockey, bro. Always will be. Let's be back uh, in a week. Absolutely. Let's do another one in a week. Hopefully, like hopefully we have something. Like give me fucking something. Like Drew walked in the locker room, or Drew was in Voorhees shooting pucks or something. Elliot Freeman snippet. Elliot Freeman snippet. I don't like give me. Give me a little bone to come on the airwaves with, and we'll talk about it. What did we get from Freeman? That the Flyers are, quote-unquote, in on everything? Like, thanks. Yeah, dude. but if he hits us up with another quote and was, like, the talk with Jones are getting close, yeah, I'm okay. hopping on we'll the hop pod. Right That's on. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But this has been episode 61 of yeah. the Liberty L. Danny Deemer with Chris Stompo. Follow us at the Liberty L on all socials. At TLY Danny for me, at Chris Stomps for Stompo. Yes, sir. Follow at the Liberty Line or Liberty Line PHL too. Follow Liberty Line. That's our guys. Love. And one more thing, Dan. Go floor.